0: You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from Pastor Rhonda. For more information on our church, please visit CWOL.org. Hallelujah, don't you love leadings? I have a leading of the Holy Ghost today, praise the Lord, Uh, and we trust Him always, every day for that, amen. Uh, But I believe there's just some things God wants to deposit at Cornerstone Word of Life today. Some words that he wants to say to deposit into this church, hallelujah, for the season. How many of you know there are seasons? Amen. Seasons in the earth, seasons in our lives, seasons in ministry, seasons in churches, praise God. And so uh, there's a season, hallelujah, coming up. I'm in a season, praise the Lord. I just had a birthday, hallelujah. And uh, my birthday was Thursday. And then we had, of course, the meeting here Friday night. and uh, But we're in a season, and I believe, um, you know, as Pastor said, how, uh, you know, we've been coming here for, for 25 years, praise the Lord. And then Kevin and Rhonda grew up together. Pastor Rhonda grew up together. And, and it's amazing how destinies mix together and how God draws people together, you know. And then, and of course, uh, we're blessed again and, and, and reminded to see uh, Brother John and Sherry. Ozier here. Praise God. We traveled with Brother John. John traveled with us with Brother Hagen's ministry uh, 35 years ago, really. <clears throat> oh my goodness. And so, you know, it's amazing how God can bring folks together. So good to see you both. So good to see your fam. Praise God. <clears throat> and, uh, but you know, when you have been with somebody in a season of life and in a season of ministry, and then you see where God brings you and where he's taking you to. Um, there are just some exciting things ahead amen and so on this father's day I believe God wants to deposit a few a few things for this season is that all right <clears throat> pardon me and uh, so when um, Kevin and I met we met in a traveling ministry <clears throat> pardon me years ago and uh when we met my I grew up in a pastor's home my dad was a, was a pastor from the time I was about 13 is when he started pastoring so junior high and high school I was a preacher's kid and uh, then I graduated high school and went to into a traveling ministry and uh, that's where I met Kevin and Kevin came on the road and he grew up Pentecostal any Pentecostals in the room today yeah and so he grew up Pentecostal and uh, I, I started to learn some things from him and uh, because his heritage, when his parents came, of course, he grew up with Rhonda, Pastor Rhonda. I'm sorry, I, I, pardon me, Pastor Rhonda, and uh, they grew up and traveled with Kevin's parents' ministry, and so they learned the same things in that same line and grew up with a spirit of prayer, and 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 power, and dominion, and uh, so when Kevin and I got married, uh, I, I we. Moved to Tulsa to go to Ramah Bible College. And and, uh, so we were in our our little one-bedroom apartment one day. And and, uh, I think I had made dinner or something, which was a miracle in itself. And um, because we were just married, you know, I didn't know anything. And so I had made dinner. And uh, we had just this one little little one-bedroom apartment. And Kevin says, well, I'm going to go pray. And I said, what's wrong? Because in my family, we prayed when stuff was wrong. It's about the only time we prayed. It's like if there's something wrong, then we'll go pray. And other than that, we're just kind of on our own. We just live our life, and then if something's wrong, then you go pray about it. And uh, that's kind of where the way I grew up. And Kevin says, no, I just, I just gotta go fellowship with God. I'm like, you're, what are you not telling me? There's gotta be something wrong, you're gonna go pray. And he's like, no, I just need to fellowship with God. So I learned, because that's what he learned. He grew up, every morning his parents prayed out loud in other tongues at the foot of their bed, every morning. And his room was across from their room, and he could see the door was just ajar, and every morning they'd be pouring their hearts out to God and pray, just fellowshipping with God, whether anything was wrong or not. Just prayed and poured their hearts out to God, and, and he grew up with that. And, and so there was that, that thing in him to always seek God. It was passed on to him from his parents, dads, moms, you've got something to pass, amen, you've got something to pass on to your kids, hallelujah, and um, so, pardon me, I, I had to learn that from my husband, I didn't, even though I was a preacher's kid, we didn't have that same revelation in our home, and so I learned, praise God, in every area of life. In every day, everything, consider him in all your ways. And he will direct your paths. Amen. Well, um, you know this to be true. Also, most of you know this to be true. That the book of Job is uh, the oldest book in the Bible. How many of you know that's true? It's the oldest book. So the book of Job is an interesting book. Because there's a whole lot of stuff in there that's confusing to a lot of people, right? (laughs) Because it's before the covenant. It's before, you know, all kinds of other revelation came. It's a book of, uh, there's a lot of confusion in it, but there's a lot of faith in it. There's, you know, all kinds of things. But it's the oldest book. And so uh, one day as I was reading, and and, uh, I wasn't reading Job, but I was reading. (laughs) And uh, I just started to get some things in my heart about Abraham. And so I was reading about Abraham. And I'm going to invite you to go with me to the uh, Genesis, the 18th chapter. Praise Lord. I'm going somewhere today. Stay with me. Praise God. Genesis, the 18th chapter. And, you know, we call Abraham the father of our faith because the Bible says when when the Lord spoke to him, he believed what God said, and it was accounted to him or credited to him for righteousness. believing he believed what God said amen do you remember the centurion that came to Jesus on behalf of his servant one time and he said Lord you don't even need to come to my house just speak the word and my servant will be healed and Jesus marveled because he says I haven't found this kind of belief in all my own people remember he's like this guy's got faith and it wasn't even one of his own people and so uh, Abraham, you know, we call him the father of faith, because he believed God. And I, and I got to looking at this one time, and I thought, you know, uh, if Job's the oldest book, I wonder if God was looking for Job to be some kind of a leader. And yet you know that Job, you, you read all through uh, all his troubles, he had so much fear about his kids. He had fear about his kids. Well, and, you know, he made all these sacrifices in case his kids missed it, in case his kids did something. And he was always, you know, he was worried, 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 worried about his kids. God can't use a man like that. <clears throat> I said, God can't use a man like that. And so I believe he was looking for somebody. Looking, because how many of you know the Bible says he's always looking who he can show himself strong through. Who's he going to show himself strong through? The people who are selfish about their own life? No. He's going to show himself strong through people who will reproduce, through people who will multiply. Amen? And here's Abram, a man with no children, and God looked at him and he said this, And we're not going to look at a lot of his history. I just want to highlight a couple of things here. But this is right before the Lord's about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And he says this in in Genesis chapter 18, verse 17. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. So here's uh, God about to do a major thing in the earth, and he said, should I hide this from Abraham? Should I hide this from Abraham? Because I know him. He's going to teach his children after him. His seed's going to be multiplied. Now, he's still childless. And God's talking about how he's going to teach his children after him. You know, the Bible says that God calls the end from the beginning. Amen? This whole book is prophetic. God declares what he's going to do before he does it and then fulfills it. Amen? Amen? He'll say things for hundreds of years and people think, oh, nothing happened, nothing happened. And then when it happens, they go, oh, look what God did. It's exactly what he said. Amen. And so I believe that, you know, God was looking for someone that he knew would perpetuate forever. <laughs> Before he had one child, God knew Abraham. He knew what he would do. He knew that he would reproduce himself. He knew that he would multiply. He knew that he would continue. He wouldn't just take it all for himself. Amen? In our lives, each and every one of us, and dads, I'm talking to you too, that, uh, you know, it's not just so that you build a successful house for yourself. Or that you've got something to look back on and say, look what I accomplished. What God's really about is what is going to come out of you forever and ever. And he's all, God is, is, is longevity. God's about a long-term plan. Always. Amen. And uh, so I, I look at Abraham. And then I look at your pastors. And I see that, don't you? Don't you see that in them? I said don't you see that in them praise God that's one of the reasons you're here because they they are not looking at what's just what's happening today only they've never been about just today although every day and every moment is important because every day and every moment affects every day and every moment after that amen they're all about long-term they're all about longevity hallelujah amen and that's what, that's what this church, there's, a, there's a, a, a DNA, if you will, in this church. Pastor Mark was telling me that uh, not long ago they were in Illinois and had an opportunity to minister for the Rhema Ministerial Association there, uh, a, a meeting that, that they had together, and, and Pastor Mark was asked to say some, some words there. And my sister is in that region. She and her husband pastor in Chicago. And so they were there that in that meeting, and Pastor Mark said he saw my sister what in the parking lot first, and he thought I don't even have to ask that's Annie's sister. I I'd, I'd know her if I you know I the, the the DNA is there. People, I mean, we look a lot alike. Facebook thinks we're the same person. Every time my sister posts a picture, it says Sarah Scarvelle may have pissed, posted a picture that of you, <laughs> and so but it's her. <clears throat> And so they think we're the same person. It's the same DNA. Family, amen, is that way. And God thinks in families. He moves in families, amen. And not just natural families, but spiritual families. That's why he's drawn us all together for these times, amen, because he thinks in terms of family. And uh, so again, you think about uh, how God knows what's going to perpetuate. Remember when. Uh, the Lord told Samuel to go anoint one of Jesse's sons to be king in Saul's place. And so Samuel goes and, uh, you know, he sees first, he sees Jesse's oldest son first and he thinks, wow, look at this guy. He's, He's buff, he's big, he's strong, you know. Surely the Lord's anointed stands before me and the Lord says, nope, it's not him. He says, I've already proven him it's not him. I already know him. Wow. I already know him. Well, later on, remember when, when David goes to, to fight uh, Goliath, and he goes and, and sees all his brothers who were there at the battle, remember that, that brother that God said, no, I've, re- I've refused him? <laughs> that brother went, who do you think you are? To his brother David. Who do you think you are coming against all this thing, you know? He's like, he's poo-pooing the spiritual side. <laughs> Right? Can I say it that way in church? Is that all right? He's looking at David going, come on, we're the soldiers, let us handle it. And God goes, I can't use that. I can't use that. I'm going to use somebody who trusts me to do it. I took the lion, I took the bear because God was with me. Amen. I'm going to take you too because God's with me. Those are the people God's looking for, always, amen. He doesn't look the way man looks. He looks on the heart, hallelujah. He's always looking at the heart. We've all got one. He can use any of us, amen, in that way. Praise the Lord. So, so God's looking, where can I move? Where can I move? What can I do? Hallelujah. And so, with that in mind, go with me to 2 Kings, if you would. 2 Kings chapter 2. Praise the Lord. We're still going to minister to folks. I just wanted to drop this off today. Well, I didn't. I believe the Holy Ghost wanted to drop this off today. Hallelujah. Because we're embarking on a season. We're embarking on a season. Hallelujah. We, uh, 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 the Durants, have a relationship with this church. Amen. Hallelujah. And God's starting something. Praise the Lord, and he's going to show himself strong. He's going to show himself strong. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, this church has been built on a pioneering spirit. And uh, your pastors have just, uh, like, like Abraham, like David, uh, like so many in, in the scripture that we see that have gone before us, they have sought the Lord in every step. They have not sought consultants outside, amen? They have not sought uh, experts in the field of church growth. They have not sought, they have not looked to the arm of the flesh Amen? They have, in every step of the way, sought the Spirit of God as to what to do, and that's why it's working. (laughs) Amen? Do you realize people come to them going, how are you doing what you're doing in Madison, Alabama? And I can imagine their response. like, "Um, We pray, and we ask the Lord, and he tells us what to do, and we do it. That's pretty much the secret of your success. It's not a secret, but that is the success. Amen? Pastor Mark was telling us one day they were with the family in the car on their way somewhere, and uh, he said, I just pulled over in, I, in a parking lot or something somewhere, and they and they said, well, what are we doing? He says, I just felt like we, sh- we should pull over and stop, wait a while. And nobody went, well, come on, let's go. They just, oh, well, he said, wait, well, well, we're waiting. Because the Holy Ghost said, wait, so we wait. Who knows what they avoided? Don't have to know. We just stop. We just wait. And we're okay with that. Amen. (laughs) Why? Because it's proven out time and time and time and time again that doing what the Holy Ghost wants to do is the best way to do everything. Hallelujah. Well, why are we doing this? Well, apparently because the Holy Spirit has already revealed it. That's why we're doing it. Amen. Well, why are we doing this? Because God has. Amen. So this church is, pi- is built in on this pioneer spirit of just do whatever God says to do when he says to do it. There's success in your life right there. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So in order to keep this going. Look here in second Kings. <clears throat> Chapter 2, this is the account of when Elijah the prophet was about to be taken up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha was about to take his place. You know, Elisha served Elijah, amen, for many years. Uh, he had, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, way, way, way back when Elijah was um, feeling like he was the only one left, you know, after the prophets of Baal and uh, the Lord answered by fire, amazing things happened, and then Elijah went and sat under a tree, I'm done. That's it. That's it for me. I'm alone. You know, a lot of times it's it's easy to feel alone when you're a pioneer. It's easy to feel like you're going against everything everybody else is doing. (laughs) It's easy to think you're the only one doing what you're doing, you know, But Elijah got got a little depressed about it. And so he's sitting under the tree, and the Lord said, get up. Get up and go do this, this, and this. Go anoint Elisha to be prophet in your room. So Elisha was plowing in his father's field, and Elijah came and threw his mantle on him. Just out of nowhere. And uh, Elisha then, he just, he followed him, and he went. Praise the Lord. Say some things uh, just in the natural just look like, what in the world does this mean? I don't know. Just do what the Holy Ghost says to do. Just move on with, just, just keep going forward with God. And so Elisha went and he served him. So now Elijah's about to be taken up by a whirlwind into heaven. He's not going to die. He's just going to leave. And uh, here's what happened. Verse 1. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. So here's Elijah saying, stay here. And Elisha said, well, if God sent you somewhere, why would I stay here and you go there? If God's sending you, then I'm going where God is sending you. Amen. (laughs) And so he went with them. Verse 3, now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, yeah, I know it. Keep silent. So here's 50 people, or the sons of the prophets at this point. It doesn't say how many. The sons of the prophets who were at Bethel. So there's godly people at Bethel. They know God's about to do something. They can sense that God's about to do something. Do you know that Elijah's going to be taken? They all know God's doing something. And Elisha said, yeah, I know it. And so then Elijah said to him, why don't you stay here? There's godly men here. Stay here with these guys. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. And all those other people stayed at Bethel. They just heard the same thing. They know Elijah's going to be taken up, and they but they don't follow. They don't go with them. They just know something's happening. There's a lot of folks in church today, oh, God's moving. Ooh, God's moving. But they don't go with them. They just go, oh, isn't it wonderful how God is moving? Oh, he's moving. But they don't go. Now the sons of the prophet who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? He said, yeah, I know it. Keep silent. So they all knew it too. You could know a lot of things and not go. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. This is good. (laughs) Don't leave where God put you. Amen. And when he moves, go ahead and move. Amen. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets, there at Jericho, or Jordan, excuse me, 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance. Everybody say at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water, and it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, You have asked a hard thing, not hard for God to grant, but he's basically telling him, you've asked for a tremendous responsibility. You remember, Elisha served Elijah. He saw the things that Elijah went through. He saw the ups. He saw the downs. He saw the persecution. He saw the support. Amen? He saw all of it and still wanted twice as much. And so Elijah, Elijah's telling him, you've asked for a tremendous responsibility, this office of prophet." Nevertheless, look at this very closely with me if you would for a moment. Verse 10, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you, but if not, it shall not be so. He said, if you see me when I'm taken, it'll be so. If you don't see me when I'm taken, you're not going to get that that gift. You're not going to get that office. He had already said, ask what you want. So he says, I want want a double portion of what's on you. He said, well, in order for that to to happen, you're going to have to see something. You're going to have to see something. And what God wants to do here at Cornerstone, what God wants to continue here, what God wants to perpetuate here, the season that you're in, God wants to drop this off to you and impart this to you, church, those of you who will take it those of you who will take this. He's saying you're going to have to see some things. You're going to have to see some things, and you're going to have to see it with your spiritual eyes. Not just be in the room and take what happens. He's asking you to look a little deeper because the DNA of this church is there. In the spirit it's not just following orders it's not just following a plan it's not just following a leader it's seeing what the leader sees because when you can see what he sees what they see the whole thing can move together And move more quickly. Because you're seeing the same thing. Amen. It's not just following what another person says. Well, I go to this church. I like what they do. I like the word. I like, you know. That's these sons of the prophets. They know what God's doing. They know God's doing something. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah. Praise God. But now the real stuff's going to happen <laughs> for you and your house. Amen? When you begin to see what they see and why they see it. Because you're going into that presence for yourself. <clears throat> for anything to perpetuate, you can't just Follow a leader because that ends up uh, dying out. That ends up drying up. That ends up getting old and boring. And you see it across the board. You see it in churches all over America. That it's just like, eh, we've moved on to something else because they're just following somebody else, a person. So Elijah said, you got to see what I see. See what I see. Let's look at it. Then it happened, verse 11. As they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven, and Elisha saw it. Elisha saw it. And he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. He's reporting what he sees. He's telling Elijah what he sees. I see the chariot. I see the fire. I see the horsemen. I see what you're seeing. So he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes, tore them into two pieces, and he took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Notice the mantle did not fall on Elisha. It fell on the ground. He had to pick it up. Who's the mantle going to fall on? Whoever picks it up. (laughs) Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, struck the water, and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? Now he's immediately calling on the God of the man he served. He said, My father, my father, the chariot. You know, he's talking about Elijah. My my father, Elijah, he was his father, his spiritual father. But as soon as he's gone, he's not looking for his father anymore. He's not looking for the man who led him. He's immediately stepping into the same relationship that that man had with God himself. Where now is the God of Elijah? I want the God of Elijah. I'm not following Elijah. I'm following the God of Elijah. I have seen what he sees. And it was divided. He struck the water and it was divided this way and that and Elisha crossed over. Now the sons of the prophets, remember the 50 sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him. They said the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha and they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Then they said to him, look now there's 50 strong men with your servants. Please let them go and search for your master. Lest perhaps the spirit of the Lord has taken him up and cast him on some mountain or into some valley. And he said, don't send anybody. Why is he telling them, don't send anybody? He knows where he went. He's the only one who saw him go. Remember Elijah told him, if you see me, it'll be so, but if not, it won't be. Fifty people were watching from a distance and saw nothing. All they saw is he's gone. And they knew he was going because they said he's going to be taken up today, but they didn't see him go. Maybe God put, took him said, we don't know where he went. And even though they knew God was going to take him, they still said, let's go look for him in case maybe that's not what really happened. Because if you can't see it, you'll keep wondering, is that God? Is that not God? Is that God? Is that not God? But if you'll get in that same place where he is, where they are, you'll see what they see. Amen. And when you begin to see what they see, I'm telling you, this place and what God's about to do in this next season, hallelujah, I said hallelujah, what rests on this place already, the mantle that's already available, amen. Amen.